electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast. There's one story everybody is watching today. And that is AMC. One heck of a return to the box office for the movie theater chain. Free popcorn, a stock sale, and a roller coaster ride for your mind and your money. It's making a mockery of everything. All of this. And the crypto community is headed for the beach. Miami's mayor on the Bitcoin bonanza taking his town. We want to be a city that focuses on the next series of technological advances, artificial intelligence, crypto, biotech. Those stories plus hackers holding up summer commutes and climate is a change in. But don't worry, interplanet tech bros to the rescue. He needs to get you off the planet because there's going to be so many problems here eventually. Bezos is trying to do the opposite, by the way. He wants to get everything else off the planet so that we can live here in harmony. It's Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. It's the third day of the rest of our lives. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand by, Joe, in three, two, one. Here's Mike. Here. Good morning and welcome back uh, to Squawk Box, the movie here on CNBC, uh, playing in AMC uh, theaters nationwide, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Not really, but we're going to talk about, I mean, the growth industry of the uh, the 21st century, uh, which is theaters, uh, not streaming. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin, and buying physical di- uh, uh, Computer games, going in actually into a store, brick and mortar, buying something that you're plugging into a PlayStation, you know, nothing that's just online. Why those two? Why those two? Bed, Bath & Beyond, I understand. But uh, anyway, the meme stocks had been uh, surging, but maybe uh, people are getting wise to it. If if, if everybody's going to sell all the companies when their stocks are soaring, maybe that takes a little, maybe that's indicative Right. of the end game for some of this. We'll talk about that in just a second. But well, certainly the, the company's thinking that it's a good time to sell. It's a good time yeah. to sell. Yeah. Saying, hey. saying uh, if you buy this, you may lose right. all your money. No, you don't see that every day. Most CEOs will not usually say that uh, the, <laughs> the market fundamentals are completely yeah, out of whack yeah, with yeah. the rest of everything else. Nothing that's happening in our stock price uh, can be attributed to our underlying fundamentals, just so you know. Yep, it's a drama fit for the movies. AMC Entertainment is still a box office darling of retail traders, the Wall Street Bets Forum on Reddit, and the millions of new individual investors who have purchased shares in the movie theater chain this year. And today's plot twist, whipsawing moves for AMC stock. It's up, it's down, you'll laugh, you'll cry, and all after a stock sale announcement. The company announced it would be selling like an additional 11.5 million shares of stock from time to time as market uh, conditions dictate. But here's what AMC said in the 8K filed. Um, in their words, we believe the recent volatility and our current market prices reflect market and trading dynamics unrelated to our underlying business or macro or industry fundamentals. We don't know how long these dynamics will last. And under the circumstances, we caution uh, you against investing in our Class A common stock. 
unless you are prepared to incur the risk of losing all or a substantial portion of your investment. But please call your broker now because we've got 11 and a half million for sale. No, they didn't say that uh, at the end. But but after saying all that, they're still, uh, hey, we're still open. We're open for business. Yesterday, Wall Street was transfixed uh, by the near doubling of AMC shares and regular market trading. Uh, in large part, the moves higher have been driven by retail, extreme retail investor enthusiasm. Diamond hands. These are, I don't know what kind of hands. At the closing bell yesterday, the company had a bigger market cap than United Airlines, uh, L Brands. Why is L Brands in there with United Airlines and Viacom? And Viacom. With the gains yes. that they saw this morning when they were up 20 percent, they yeah. were bigger than the market cap of half in the S&P 500 companies. So it, it, it's a substantial move. Um, Diamond hands, baby. Think about We're bigger than U.S. Steel. Remember who said that? Like an actor with a particularly juicy script, AMC has taken on its new status as a meme stock, embraced it. Yesterday, we told you about the company's new Investor Connect platform for retail investors. It comes with free stuff popcorn, and other promotions, and it promises direct communications from CEO Adam Aaron, cutting out the middleman like business news. He's encouraging the attention from retail traders, aiming to sell millions of AMC shares in the market to raise capital. In the Reddit world, Aaron has been dubbed Silverback. He has to connect to the retail investors because they're a different group every day. They're there a different group every day. Forty-five million shares that traded I don't, yesterday. We can't really talk about fundamentals. We're now, by the way, at a little over fifty-seven times peak EBITDA. Okay, peak EBITDA, two thousand nineteen. You thought there was a secular decline before, and now, I mean, well, now this. I is think a, like the show should almost be over to some degree because this is this is an all-time high. This is by far an all-time an all-time high, high. with, with a market cap. Well, like with this. a market cap of never even close to this before. It's gonna be like f- almost forty but billion. Making, Not quite. It's making a mockery of everything. All of this. What, I looked. I know at, a lot of people think that the, that the whole markets are manipulated. You know, Alexis Ohanian was was uh, tweeting at me uh, this morning saying this is one of those first times that people feel like the market isn't manipulated because they're the ones tweeting at you or about you. Or he he was responding to something that I was writing. We were going back and forth. Anyway, the point is, was it confrontational? No, 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 no. We were talking. He was actually referencing when he he was on. He liked he he likes all this. He was referencing the time that he had come on and was saying this is one of those times where people feel like the market isn't manipulated, that they're the ones that are actually a chance for Joe and Jane America, uh, the sort of retail buyers of, of stock, to, to flex back and push back on on these hedge funds. And um, I, I do think this is a seminal moment. I don't think we go back uh, to a world before this because these communities, they're a byproduct of the connected Internet. Two things. One is it's not clear to me that it's the retail investors that are, quote unquote, manipulating the market. In many ways, there's a lot of big institutions out there that are trading on top of this momentum right now. Trading, not shorting, is that? Trading, oh, there are some that are shorting, but there's a lot of people that are trading on top of this that are making, I mean, I think when you go back and look at the flows two, three, four weeks from now, you're going to figure out, for better or worse, it's not necessarily that the little guy has stuck it to the big guy. It's that the I think big guy a lot has of that, stuck that, it to the little guy. There's a lot of stimulus money. There's again. a lot of zero interest rates. There's a lot of that going on. That's how the fire got started. Maybe the, these institutional guys are smart enough to pile on, but that's definitely. And all you got to do is talk about it, and you're going to see that there's plenty of, of, of retail people that are oh, definitely doing this. And totally. I, so I looked up meme because, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really like the Internet. I'm still, I guess it's going to last. 
I thought it was going to be like the fax machine or something. But if you just the, the if you look at the definition of meme, it's it's a culture or system of behavior that's passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means or imitation. So it's just like a it's like just spreads like wildfire viral, through viral. The, through red, like, like viral. Right. But why why is there even such a thing as a meme stock? And just because there is such a thing. Doesn't that tell you by definition that it has nothing to do with, with what's Bed Bath & Beyond have to do with AMC? And if AMC's fortunes were declining for the last 10 years as streaming and all this stuff, if, if, they were, if, if the, the long-term case wasn't as positive, why is it tripling its old all-time high now? But I think we're all talking past each I think there's, there's one group of people, experienced investors and analysts, who are on one side saying, Uh-oh. this is crazy. You're going to no. help the people that don't no, understand no. what they're no, doing no. now. And then there's Are, another group you're that says, to I know. No, they say, I know. I know this is not fundamental. They say, I know, and I don't care. And they say, I'm playing this. This is, this is a game. That's what It's a game. And they're trying to show that this whole thing the gamification of is the a game. Okay. So what, to me, that's a very sad, rea- a, a, a sad outcome because I think it, unfortunately, long term, creates even more. If there was distrust in the marketplace to begin with, this, to me, underlines that. I want to even take it further. I'm going to talk about what the Fed's going to do, but I want to take it one step further and tie it back to what Druckenmiller said when yep. he was on, that these budgets in the Biden administration is going to politicize the Fed by sort of co-opting the Fed to allow them to do what they want to do. They are enabling this massive expansion in fiscal policy, and the problem is if you end up getting inflation, and frankly, even if you don't, the debt is going to be so big. We're right now in the crux of when the demographic, when the baby boomers accelerate in terms of, of getting Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, that stuff. Right as we're doing that, we just put $6 trillion of new debt on. Again, all enabled by the Fed. There's a journal piece here, Biden's budget signal to the Fed. In this latest budget, do you know what the highest yield on the 10-year that's forecast in this budget is for the next 10 years? 1.9%? 2.8. The highest it's going to get is 2.8. Even when inflation is well above that, they're more or less telling the Fed, look, we need you for this. We need you to keep the the 10-year low. The Fed's not going to be able to to keep it that low. But they could if they kept buying, if they they always do some type of, of QE or some type of... You know, if they don't totally taper, if they don't totally get out of the market. So, yeah, and don't you not, think that the, the Fed the is to blame? That for, is not the only number the in that stocks? budget. Totally? I think the Fed's to blame. I think stimulus? to some degree stimulus is to blame. Sure. I think to a larger degree stimulus is probably to blame. It, I mean, And why does someone need to get blamed now that the little guy's finally been able to right. stick it to all your hedge fund friends? Why do uh, we to even... My, to my Because the question stuff. is what happens, like how does this end? If you've seen this play, because this kind of story play out before, somebody gets I, left I, holding I, the bag, I, and that's the question. Someone yesterday said fundamentals eventually always take over. I don't know. It, what happened? GameStop's back to 300, isn't it? When is that going to take over? It's close to it. Where is it? I just, uh, and, you know, so this may sound and it's crazy. holding up. It's I might argue two eighty two. I could at least come up with a rationale on GameStop if I wanted to. Right, a Netflix type thing. Much harder to do with AMC. I know. It just is. What about Bed Bath and Beyond? We know what's there. We go there. It's our place. <laughs> 
I mean, they do have grill scrapers, okay? That's not something you would think, so, you know, that you squeeze them and water, water. comes out. On okay, so they have- my question is, if you're Gary Gensler and you're watching this, besides yeah. thinking, man, I need a drink because this is a problem. Well, except for that, there's nothing do- illegal in this. No, but again, it goes to this larger issue of the system. Do you, are, is this an effort to blow up the system? Do you distrust the system? I mean, there are going to be larger implications po- of this. Why didn't it just buy beware? Just let it happen just and people will learn. Why play at their own risk. It's a stimulus money anyway. And that's what it is. The, you know, they're, they're at home. They're not working. They don't work. They got this unemployment check. So they're putting it on GameStop. And that's it. I don't know. That's a bad... Uh, I think that's a lazy sort of an explanation for it. I don't really believe that. I just said it. To, I, I need to say whenever I'm not serious. I, I do, because I don't need your Twitter uh, you don't uh, need backlash. The twi- you don't need the backlash. I don't need it. I'm pulling for these guys. Uh, maybe AMC. You know... The free popcorn, I don't know what that, that's worth 10, 12 billion. Easy, isn't it? I don't know. What was the other thing they did? Uh, discounted, uh, discounted tickets. Discounted tickets. How about decent movies? Is that part of the equation? Is there ever going to be, be another, gonna be another one? They're coming. Why, are you making some? No, no I'm just saying, 007, there's going to be some good movies coming. What time is it? Wow. Have we spent too much time talking about AMC? I don't know. This is the issue with all of us back in studio. You're now going to look at 20-minute A blocks. Wait a minute. Is, is the camera? So we've started? Next on Squawk Pod Miami is gearing up for a crypto-palooza this weekend. Mayor Francis Suarez is betting on Bitcoin for his city and for his portfolio. I own Bitcoin and I own Ethereum. I haven't bought the dip yet, but, uh, but I'm planning to. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Quick check on crypto right now because Bitcoin has been moving uh, this morning and uh, in the upward direction. Right now you're looking at uh, Bitcoin up 3%, uh, a little over 1000 bucks at $39,000. Also, let's show you Ethereum and also Dogecoin. You're looking at Ethereum up 3%. You're looking at Dogecoin uh, also uh, on the move this morning, though uh, down just slightly. Um, This is all happening against the backdrop of a massive conference that's taking place this week because the crypto elite and thousands of other investors have descended on the city of Miami for the largest crypto gathering ever. It's at uh, it's called Bitcoin 2021. Joining us right now is the mayor of that city uh, of Miami, uh, Francis Suarez. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, You you have. As we just said, the Bitcoin elite or the crypto elite uh, all in your city, you've uh, you've you've almost tried to rebrand the city uh, around crypto. 
What, what does that look like to you right now in terms of just the, the both the energy that's coming off of it, but what you actually want the city to be when it relates to crypto? Well, first of all, the energy is, is off the charts. Uh, as you said, it's the largest Bitcoin conference ever. Uh, or there's been reports that 50,000 people will be attending the Bitcoin conference in one uh, way, shape or form. And it's already changed the way our city works. Uh, we had FTX, which is a large uh, crypto exchange out of Hong Kong, uh, buy the naming rights uh, to what was formerly the American Airlines Arena, a $200 million deal. And that $200 million deal became a summer jobs program and became a, a strategy to combat gun violence. Uh, which, of course, is, is something that plagues every uh, large urban city. So we're starting to see the fruits of that rebranding. We want to be a city that focuses on the next uh, series of techn technological advances, artificial intelligence, uh, of course, uh, uh, crypto, biotech. Uh, so that's how we're positioning ourselves. And it's, it's bearing some significant fruit for us. Uh, you've, talk, you've, you've talked about the city itself uh, taking Bitco, uh, Bitcoin and putting on its balance sheet, paying people. Uh, in Bitcoin and, and paying people in crypto. Are you doing any of that? Yes, we are. We're actively looking at it. The first thing we had to do is we had to make sure that we could surmount the legal hurdles. We got a legal opinion that at least allowed us to pay our employees in crypto and uh, accept crypto for fees and payments. Uh, we also needed the county to get on board. And there was a county commissioner, Daniela Cohen-Higgins, who also passed a corollary a resolution at the county to allow for tax payments to be paid in crypto. So we're engaging in that process. Now we have to go to a, an RFP, uh, basically a solicitation for a third party that can manage it. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, we're, we're continuing to go along in that process. Holding it on the balance sheet is a lot more complicated because number one, uh, we're not allowed to hold something that's not fiat at this particular moment. So that will require a state law change. And then of course, the volatility of it is something that will probably need to work itself out before a city can can meet its, well, that's uh, what I was going to ask. I, there has not been a moment, even in the last decade, I mean, since the advent of Bitcoin, where it hasn't been volatile. Yeah. And so what do you think has to happen for that to change, for you to actually put it on your balance sheet? Well, or, I think or it pay people. I mean, are your employees really going to take, are your employees really going to take money in Bitcoin? Well, you know, I, it's up to them, right? It's, it's a choice that they would have. They certainly wouldn't be forced to in any way, shape or form. They would have the choice to do it or not do it. Uh, you know, Bitcoin, I think the last uh, the last uh, time I checked was up for the year, you know, a significant amount. So, so the volatility is is certainly there. I mean, one, one of us had a 60,000. Now it's somewhere, like you said, in the 39,000 range. So there's been extreme volatility in the last uh, couple of months. And I think that's something that has to that has to work itself out. Obviously, it's a, you know, a trillion dollar plus market cap. Uh, and there's a lot of transactional trading and volume. But when you have when one person and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Elon Musk fan. But when one person has the ability to make one one tweet and, and spiral the the uh, the price of a particular asset uh, at that level, you know, 10, 20 percent, as opposed to one or two or three uh, percent, because, every you know, there, there's volatility in everything. There's volatility in commodities, there's volatility in, in dollars, but not that kind of volatility. Once that works itself out with enough transactional volume. Uh, and, and much more stability, then I think it's something that certainly could be a hedge against uh, fiat currencies and something that right. we can explore. How, how as, concerned as are you, though, about manipulation? I mean, we've been talking all morning about ransomware. You just talked about the issue of, of somebody like an Elon Musk or anybody, you know, being able to push up the stock. I believe, actually, when you uh, went on uh, the air originally with Miami's plan around uh, Bitcoin, it also moved the price of Bitcoin. It, it did. And, and I think that's indicative of, you know, an asset that is fairly young. 
right? Uh, as we said, doesn't have uh, you know st stable trading yet. Um, and I think there, listen, uh, the possibility of manipulation is, is obviously a, a, a fear, right, and a problem, uh, without a doubt. Uh, as you said, when I when I put out that tweet about what we were doing in the city, it was literally the most viewed video that I've ever uh, put out. I put out at 10:30 on a Thursday, and I think it had seven million views. That also indicates to me that the that the number of customers and the number of people that are interested in crypto um, is is incredible. I've actually heard reports over the last couple of days that up to 100 or 150 million people are holding it. Mr. Mayor, real quick before you go, do you own Bitcoin yourself? I do. I own Bitcoin and I own Ethereum. Uh, at what, what price did you buy in at? So I bought uh, Bitcoin, I think, in the in the um, high 30s, and I bought Ethereum. Uh, I, I forget the price, but it was about 1500 uh, I bought it the day that the U.S. Congress, the Senate, passed the $1.9 trillion uh, stimulus uh, bill. And I knew at that point that inflation was inevitable and that there, there had to be some sort of a hedge. Have you bought any more? I haven't bought the dip yet, but uh, but I'm planning to. I've just been too busy. I've been working too much. Interesting. You're calling it the dip. Uh, Mr. Mayor, we so, wish you uh, a lot of luck uh, with it. Uh, we wish you a lot of luck with the conference uh, taking place in Miami. And we look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Thanks so much. Thanks. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, the rest of today's stories that got us talking and squawking from the cryptoverse to Washington to cyberspace and all the planets in between. So Elon Musk is whining about Bitcoin, but sending up rockets. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Stand by Joe in three. This is Squawk Pod. One is Mike Q. We haven't even talked about, you know, the hacking. Now you can't get to Nantucket. The ferry system's all, uh, well, yeah, all screwed up. But the meat thing, is it, it's, it's, people it's, are saying it's, it's Russia and, 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 it is, and it, it's totally Putin. People Putin's, are well, Putin's allowing it. He's certainly not cracking down on it. And that needs to be the answer. You've got to go after these rogues who are operating from your nation. $350 million or something last year in crypto. Probably more than that. That's just the ones right. we know about. And you wonder why. Can we fix it? Can we make the servers impenetrable? Is it about making the servers impenetrable? I think so. Is it so. about regulating crypto? No. Is it? No. no. no, no you no, can't. Like, these are the because that's such an elegant system. Don't, don't, don't kill the messenger because it's such a great way of doing things. I know you think Especially it's Especially if you're polluted. hijacking the system. <laughs> I know, I but mean, people, people say, you know, it's a, crypt, it's a currency. I think you can the track them down. The only true transactions that are being accomplished <laughs> are, the, are, the, are, the, are ransom. Right. Yes, it's a, it's a fabulous Pretty elegant, though. Ransom. Pretty w good way to... Well, if you'd like not to be tied to a central authority that can tell you what you're doing. Sure. Right? Especially if you That's, want. And, sure. and <laughs> with that freedom, I'm just saying, with that freedoms comes some of these saying, other at things the, that At the happen. moment, it's not a, a currency is used for transactions. I know True what transactions. Saying. Not to settle uh, asset movements. It's a currency because it's so volatile. Like, right. You can't 
You know, we have this conversation about a lot of different things. There are things that require you to take responsibility for and to monitor. Just because it gives you extra freedom doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. There's going to be bad actors. It's cost to that. Yeah, and, the, a and, lot the, of and the truth things. is you have to go after the bad actors. We can't do that right now because right. they're being shielded. Right, go after the bad actors. Don't, don't kill the messenger. But don't you think if you were going to invent a new technology, you I, try to deal with things like ransoms, it would have it would have safety. Perc- you, you you try to innovate so you would be able to deal possible. with these things. You wouldn't try to build something that maybe is bad for the environment. I mean, there's all of these li- things you'd probably try to solve well, for. Quite, these uh, things you, know, you try you, to you know solve. You know how I feel for. about that. I, I'm quite, you know. Okay, so Elon Musk is, is whining about Bitcoin, but sending up rockets. They want to go to Mars. Is that well, worth it? The the, the, the carbon know. footprint from the rocket honestly, headed to Mars. I is that worth it? I don't but know. this is not. Worth I don't know. It. How does he decide what the lithium when we're when we're mining fifty times the lithium? Is that worth what it there is? is a, there is an hypocrisy to it. He would tell you that there's a, a threat of consistency insofar as he's trying to create a multi-planetary system. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not saying this. I'm not laughing. Yeah, you are. Well, no. Because what you're saying he is needs ridiculous. To get you, he needs to get you off the planet because there's going to be so many problems uh, here eventually. Okay. Bezos is trying to do the opposite, by the way. He wants to get everything else off the planet so that we can live here in harmony. Bezos I like sending the pictures of his genitalia to people. I mean, I don't, uh, you, you know, so I, I, none of these people. <laughs> you just took the show to a whole new In Washington news, President Biden and Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito agreeing to speak again tomorrow as the two look to negotiate an infrastructure deal. They met on the topic yesterday. President Biden has been pushing a $1.7 trillion deal while the GOP sent him a $928 billion counteroffer last week. I hear all the folks on TV saying, why doesn't Biden get this done? Well, because Biden only has a majority of effectively four votes in the House and a tie in the Senate with two members of the Senate who vote more with my Republican friends. It's more than just the numbers at play here. There, there's certain issues about how you pay for things and what is infrastructure. Those are some of the big overwhelming issues. By the way, the Republicans are, are reclaiming some money that was already kind of uh, sent to other places. So uh, a lot more than just the, the big number gap that you're talking about. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Okay. Like you did, uh, you know, you want the IRS to, to get more money. Suddenly the administration wants the IRS to get more money. Yeah, a lot of things that you say come true. I don't know how it works. I don't know what's a chicken or an egg, but you got connections. Here's what I want you <laughs> Here's what I No, you do. Here's what I want you to advise. I'm yeah. going to give you some advice to pass along okay. to this administration. Yeah. He should do a deal. He should do an infrastructure deal at a trillion. At a trillion. Because, number one, it's, it's harder to get what he wants doing it with reconciliation. He's going to have to give up some things for Mansion and Cinema anyway. So why not do it? Why, if it's so close with what you got to do for Mansion and Cinema anyway, why not pretend you're actually working with the Republicans? Do it. Then you pull the rug out from the Republicans that say that he's not living up to his state of the year or to his inauguration speech, where he said he was going to be unity. He can immediately totally defang the Republican argument that you, he's not cooperating. I want you to call the White House right now. No. You can call him during the Let's commercial do it on break. break. You call him. I don't think he doesn't have this number. I don't have the number. You don't I have don't, the number? No. But can you, can you talk to... It's the switchboard number. Isn't it like 1414? There is a switchboard number. There is a switchboard number. There, there, there it is. Don't you think that's a good idea? Seriously. Not don't a bad you, idea. The problem is there's a $700 billion gap. You don't need the one... He's not going to get the 1.7 anyway. 
He's going to get a trillion. You know what? You know what's actually going to happen? They are probably going to break this down into two bills. They will do a deal with the Republicans on this portion of it. They will take the stuff that they can't agree on and put it in second bill, second bill. And maybe that goes through budget reconciliation. I just think because the Democrats we talked to, including Gottheimer, have said the same thing, right. that they don't think it should all be in the same bill. If, if you're going to have to work that hard to get your own caucus to sign off on it, go ahead and do this deal. Break the rest of it into a second deal. And maybe you get that done afterwards. But if you're going to have to give these concessions to Manchin any, anyway, the question is, can Shelley Moore Capito get 10 senators, 10 Republican senators to sign off on it? You could, yeah. because you got, to, how many voted? There were six or seven just now, and they weren't all there. They right. voted for the... Two uh, would, would probably go along with some right? of these things, yeah. A scaled-down version of it. Right. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thank you for listening. On our rundown tomorrow, remembering the Tulsa race massacre 100 years later. We do ourselves no favors by pretending none of this ever happened or it doesn't impact us today because it does still impact us today. A look at how far we still need to go as a country for equity and corporate America's role in that journey, BET founder Bob Johnson. Some of it may be just we don't know what to do, so the knee-jerk thing is announce a pledge. But a pledge is meaningless if it's not fulfilled. Companies should know this. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.